I gotta get rid of this watch. You know, the Apple Watch, good in theory. It's bad. In practice, I just despise it. I think it's ugly. Like, what do you use it for? I really? use it, I, really what I wanted it for was calendar alerts, uh, which is nice. Um, but I broke it like two weeks into owning it, or two months into owning it. And, you know, I kind of kept the cracked screen on there. It was $75 to replace the screen, but I was like, you know what? No. $75. He owns one of the most successful companies <laughs> in Louisville. $75. $75. Make or break. You don't get rich spending money. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> that's true. So it doesn't take money to make money? I got a 60-year-old truck that proves that's not the case. Okay. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. It's custom designed to ensconce your buttocks in luxury. It's pretty classy. <laughs> if your buttocks love luxury, and not all of them do. Some prefer to be chafed, <laughs> itchy. That's why we need Gold Bond Medicated Powder, which has brought us to here to you tonight. Thank can, you. Can you do our voiceovers? <laughs> Absolutely. I've, I've been doing them, and they're yeah. awful. You know, so. we've, we've yet to mention Gold Bond Medicated Power in a <laughs> Powder in a <laughs> podcast. That's a top three sponsor Today's spot, okay. the day. I avoid downtown. This is a, a dangerous place. You're liable to get murdered. You know, and you got to pay to park. From the ElToro.com studios, this is the El Toro Podcast, brought to you by ElToro.com, where we target people, not pixels. Thank you for tuning in to the 12th episode of the ElToro.com Podcast. I am your host, David Stadler, sitting here with my co-host, Oz Austin Whiteley. Yes, sir. And today, we have a very special guest. His name is Bobby Bailey. You hear those tens of listeners out there? They're all screaming for you. Cindy, quick, dozens. Keep it down. There's dozens of them. <laughs> I think someone just threw their brassiere up on the stage here. That's crazy. Bob Bailey is a technology enthusiast and problem solver. And for as long as I've known Bobby, he has been incredibly well dialed in on emerging tech trends. When IT wasn't his business, and network infrastructure was far more complicated than in today's day and age. Everyone I knew would pepper Bobby with their tech questions. Uh, you know, kind of stuff like, which one of these do I need to get? You know, my company's tech people can't get this integrated properly. Can you help? And, you know, and I, I was a little bit younger at the time, and, and I could never figure out why he wasn't getting paid to do this. And then I realized, you know, Bobby was helping folks for the mental challenge and the thrill of solving problems. And he ended up turning this insatiable appetite for knowledge and tinkering into Louisville Geek LLC, which is a privately owned information technology company based out of Louisville, Kentucky. It was founded in 2004 and provides comprehensive managed IT services and solutions for a wide array of businesses and nonprofit organizations throughout the country. So, yeah, that's Bobby Bailey and what he does. Would you say that's about accurate? I mean, am I missing anything there, Bob? No, thank you very much. And that was a very kind introduction. I certainly appreciate that. It was a good puff piece there. I asked your mom to write it. So. No, no, it was good. I could, I could tell that her hands were all over. Thank you, Mom. If you're one of the dozens of listeners, I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, you guys might know a slight transition between our last podcast. We had tens of listeners last week. Now we have dozens. Talking to you, Coral. <laughs> oh, good. We have a bourbon on hand today. What? Um, as we generally do. Um, you know, it is five o'clock somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean. And we are sipping on Black Saddle Bourbon Whiskey. It is aged 12 years, which is kind of, it's interesting for a bourbon, um, especially in today's market, 
to have an age statement. You know, we drink a lot of stuff. I drink a lot of stuff like Elijah Craig and Eagle Rare, things like that, where, you know, three, four years ago, they used to have the age statements, you know, Eagle Rare for the 10, Elijah Craig for the 12, and you don't see that much anymore. Uh, but Black Saddle Bourbon uh, still has the age statement, or at least this bottle does. I think I bought a, a couple of these bottles back in 2015. And um, this is one of the ones we got floating around. Black Saddle Bourbon Whiskey is a 90 proof whiskey. In 2014, it won the double gold medal at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. And I'm wondering if that was supposed to be it won, you know, double gold medals. Uh, maybe it was a typo, but. Did that... you detect a typo? Let's see that label. It, it, I don't think it even references it. it these, these were printed, that bottle was printed before that actually. It's, it's uh, in silver writing, if that helps. Is it? It's, it is. It's a very it's nice, nice font. Is that Cerulean Rail? It's a subtle watermark. It's a that, serif. That's that is all I can the best of fonts, and you know that if you're looking if you're looking to do embossed silver print, uh, cerulean is definitely the way to go. Absolutely. <laughs> so, double gold medal at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. Um, and all right, let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this. Quite frankly, you know, I I, I have. I'm not gonna church this scent up. Um, this is one of those bourbons that to me, it smells a little bit like dessert still. And it's got some spice on the back side of it. And I think of it kind of like, um, I think of it kind of like a ginger snap cookie without the ginger hints. Um, if that makes any sense to anybody. And it makes sense in my head, and I don't care what you think. So, Say it out. So you don't like that, sugars. you were one of the dozen listeners that I could, I could forego. So screw you. It's Loud smooth on the palate. It's got a nice rounded flavor. I'm detecting yeah. a little bit of phenolic overtones. I, I like this. I, can't, I don't have a lot of adjectives. I'm only issued a few a day. But I, all the adjectives <laughs> I got, I'm going to use on this. It's Bob, good. You're at your limit. Cut it <laughs> off. At my limit. Not now. It's, it's a late bloomer, though. At first, that first taste, I was... I wasn't much on it, but then it kind of it kind of flourishes at the end. And I think I think it tastes it tastes a little sweet, kind of like the scent would indicate on the front side, and then <laughs> maybe like a hint of vanilla, and then it finishes off a little bit more peppery. And I want to say that I taste a little bit of fruit zest on the back end, but I mean I could be trying to church it up here, and I've been known to church things up in my day. A little bit, a little bit. I have a flair for the dramatic. What, what's the verdict, Bob? I really like this bourbon. It's exceptional. It's got a really good flavor. It's not burning me. It's, uh... <laughs> we definitely don't want that. <laughs> no, it's, it, you know. <laughs> wow, that's terrible. Uh, <laughs> no, that's good radio, man. That's really good radio. No, that's, uh, and, and show the court where they did reach you in a, in a swimsuit area. No, no, this Why bourbon was you, on the completely ball. above the waist. Are you experiencing any chafing right now? I'm not chafed at all. Thank you, Gold Bond Medicated Powder. <laughs> We're not sponsored by them, but we could be. Hello, Gold Bond. <laughs> All right. So. Talc causes cancer, though. There's a big lawsuit pending where they just... Is that, need... that, that's right. But that's that was... a thing. But that's not like Gold Bond Medicated Powder. No, no. Gold Bond takes all the carcinogenic properties out of common <laughs> talc and removes them before you put it on your... Yes, indeed. And there's a... Effervescent cooling feeling. Before the menthol you get into does the that, David Stadler. Definitely not an icy hot. And that's an open range, not captive bred menthol. <laughs> this is organic. <laughs> this is this is where you want to take no it. No pesticides. Yeah, it's exactly where so you want to take it. A little bit right. of pesticides. I got to oh, correct you there. Ooh, okay. journalistic integrity. Right to the limit, but not beyond. Who cares? So, all right, Bob. Louisville Geek, you're one of the managing partners of Louisville Geek, and I just went through some stuff about what you guys do, but. I mean, for the layman, what does Louisville Geek do, 
And, and you know, what are your suite of services? You know, we serve businesses from a, a continuum basis, all the way from a simple break-fix operation to the rollout of an enterprise system. So we may outsource a help desk. We may help deploy a SAN. The customer may say, I've got all this things. I've got all these recipes I need to store. Where do I put them? Well, that might be a SAN. It might be the cloud. And what we've got to do and take a really hard look at is what's the overall budget and how do you make money from this? Because we largely serve the mid-market. And in small business to mid-market, we're dealing with people's, it's the minivan, it's the braces for the kids. The ROI is not some ethereal acronym that's like, oh, this doesn't matter. No, it really does matter. Because if we spend money on something and it doesn't make sense, that's not a good fit. We need to spend money strategically, tactically to make them more money. Sure. And it's a matter of good stewardship. So they'll bring us a challenge and we have to translate it into the lowest cost, best way to do it that's going to get them those bang for the buck. Do you guys ever have any issues? I mean, especially as you guys are growing. I mean, you guys have how many employees now? 82. 82. Okay. We need so to update that website. Our statistics are incorrect. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to need to page Ben Lawrence for that, <laughs> uh, my, my cherished partner who runs our web team. I didn't mean to call you out there, Ben. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just called you out, Ben. That's uh, Now we got a permanent record of it. Oh. But, I mean, you're hiring a lot of new people on. I'm assuming some of those folks are sales reps. How do you kind of train somebody to understand the questions they need to ask before they actually get into that meeting? It's like, I'm Joe Blow who needs computers and servers, and I also need help figuring out who the heck uh, my customers have been over the last 10 years. I mean, how do you kind of get somebody geared up to manage those conversations? And that's a real challenge. So there's... I guess sort of a distinction, and I'm, we may dip into a little bit of sort of sales theory. So in our, in our business, our outside sales roles, basically we've got one person doing that. His name's Scott. He's out there making the relationship, sort of shaking his tail feathers. And then we've got a sales engineering role that comes in right behind him, and I, of which I'm one of them, because it's, it's very challenging to be able to craft this and know what all's on the buffet. I mean, this is like Sizzler times a thousand. There's not just one kind of little ham cubes you could put on your salad. Mm-hmm. There's there's several ham cubes, Canadian, <laughs> no. domestic, Yugoslavian, maybe salted, even a little salted. bit of exactly. I'm cured, more interested in the boar belly ham cubes. If you were really knowledgeable, you'd be interested in the jamons of Spain, where they feed the pigs oh. acorns. Oh yes, and I want to illegally import one of these hams. If anyone out there's a listener of you dozens, we could illegally import a jamón ibérico. How much, how much money are we talking about if they probably, import this for Probably 2000 bucks for a good ham. But oh. then we need Ooh. to get a jamonero. It's the man that, or the woman that comes and slices your ham because you've got to be <laughs> trained to properly slice a jamón. Okay, so we've got to fly somebody over. Probably. Okay. And we need special be, equipment. You can't be slicing all willy-nilly. No, 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 no. It's a big all. deal. It's a big deal. One of these hams is such a precious instrument. How, so did, we, how did we get on hams? Would you <laughs> rather sell widgets is the question. Nice, easy, parsable widgets. You know, I wouldn't. I would rather really dig in with people and solve meaningful problems because I've only been really good at two things. One of them was technology. The other one, I'm now married, and that that, that, that sews that one up. So, <laughs> did you just call your wife a problem? No, 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 no. She's absolutely just, not. She's Kitty the Bailey's the same. <laughs> I've got a sole source contract for one of my most valuable skills. Let's stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, would she confirm this statement? Uh, absolutely. 
not. Not. <laughs> <laughs> Was that the next word? Uh, but it worked twice. Got two okay. beautiful yeah. children. Two <laughs> beautiful daughters. I'm going to be cruising through the neighborhood. I got a daughter on the way, too. So I mean, Congratulations. Cruising with Hazel and Serafina, man. It's going to be a good time. That's exactly right. So you'd say that it, it's more about your process with respect to sales. You've got somebody out there farming the relationship and farming the lead out. And then you come in with some folks like yourself that are highly skilled sales engineers and, and and you i mean you keep your ear to the ground very well so absolutely and we're really fortunate and this is unusual and i, I don't want to sound boastful but our particular industry at this time and place in history there's more work and more problems to be solved than there are qualified people so it's a matter of all we have to throttle our sales effort so that we don't become overwhelmed and our customer service doesn't suffer because of the onslaught of work. I think to a lot of companies, like if you were just in some random thing, that would be like, oh, that's the best problem to have ever. But we've got to be sort of choosy. We've got to moderate the relationships we form. So conveying that to a mass market to get that target that you want to come to you, it's probably pretty difficult. And Stadler was sharing with me a couple stories about some interesting little techniques you've done to get that Louisville geek name out of there. You were talking something about I-65 and a billboard, Stadler? <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. In our early days, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about my history with Bob and you know meeting him, but... You guys had some very interesting tactics and concepts surrounding how you advertised in your early days. And people kind of have to put their, their caps on and, and think about this because this is before this is before things like AdWords. This is before um, your organization existed, before that, you know, kind of cookie cutter solution existed online. And you guys had to figure out ways to bootstrap you know, the, the growth of this IT business. And I think one of the times you were telling me a story, um, how you advertise, I mean, you were advertising in the damn newspaper, you know, hell, I haven't got a newspaper since I was in college. So, yes. Um, and I thought that was very interesting, the story that you had around it. Um, but go, go ahead. I'm, I, I yeah, absolutely. And you know, part of this too, is we were definitely a bootstrap business. So we were limited on the sorts of things we could employ, not only because they hadn't been born yet, mm -hmm in some cases, literally, based on the age of some of the developers I saw downstairs. Indeed. <laughs> They're young as... And, God, and bless their hearts. But, uh... <laughs> You're so polite, Bob. I try. That's like the worst Southern insult there is, though. Yeah. Oh, bless your heart. It's like, see you next Tuesday. It's, it's bad. So what we did is the, the Courier-Journal at the time had a deal where you could put little sticky notes on the cover, and it was a very inexpensive way to do it. And as I'd alluded to earlier, and you reminded me of, because I hadn't thought about it in some time... It takes a bit of effort to throw away the newspaper, to throw away something physical you get. And there's still a lot of businesses that do that. The RSVP cards, the, mm -hmm. do you need a roof? Do you need gutters? Do you need a roof for your gutters? Do you need gutter for your roof? <laughs> sure. Whatever. It's all about gutters these days. But we had to look at things. And again, this goes back to that ROI concept. Because when you, like Bob Dylan says, if you ain't got nothing, you got nothing to lose. Yeah. And we had nothing because we were youngins and without two nickels to rub together. So we had to pick things that were very ROI focused. We attacked small market very low barrier to entry business just to kind of build that momentum. Sure. Because you got to put coal in the boiler, you got to boil the water, then you get the locomotive going. Now, when the locomotive's rolling, then you get inertia, you get force. Sure. F equals MV, or is there a squared in there? Somewhere. Yeah, Somewhere. Square, you can toss a Somewhere. I'm not a physics guy. I've heard of it. But that, that, you know, just that guerrilla tactics, low barrier to entry, easy to do things. Because when you're a small business, you, you got to think of what's your budget. Do you want to go into debt? Do you want to put that many chips on the table? More chips than you got. Mm -hmm. And at the time, that wasn't an option. True. Uh, now, I've got a different memory of this story. 
Um, so <laughs> when Bob was describing this to me, we're sitting around his house and we're probably drinking a little bit of the same sauce we're drinking right Not now. Not as fancy, though. Not as fancy. Uh, a little eight-star. $50 bottle of bourbon. But he said, you know what, man? I was able to get this ad stickied to the front of the Courier-Journal for a quarter of the cost of putting something in the actual paper and I get the benefit of knowing that if somebody doesn't want this on the front of their paper or doesn't want to look at this, at the very least, they got to walk their happy ass to the trash can to throw <laughs> it away. So my money was well spent. And I was like, man, that's freaking smart. And that's true. And they probably <clears throat> did. In a lot of cases, it did get thrown away. But, you know, a few of them are out there. Now, there was another one. Um, and for our listeners out there that might not be familiar with the Louisville market, there was a campaign, or is a campaign, that has been going around Louisville for probably, you know, what, 15, 20 years. Oh, at least. Where they put a big old banner, and they say, this is Rick's Louisville, uh, alluding to Rick Patino, the former basketball coach of the University of Louisville. Um, I don't know if he would claim Louisville any longer, but... Can't claim Lexington either. <clears throat> he, had, he had a banner for it. Um, Diane's Louisville. Uh, things like that. So, Bob, you ended up with a banner of sorts. Yeah, we, we were working with a marketing firm at the time, uh, Contagious, uh, Jim White's company, and they suggested that we spoof that campaign and print a gigantic banner in the same vein, similar font with the same sepia tones to mock that campaign. <laughs> and we hung it on one of our clients' buildings on I-65, which is one of the main thoroughfares. It's no Highway 61, so there's no blues players that have sold their souls to the devil <laughs> on I-65 that we know of. But we threw that up there, and that got us a lot of traction. And a nasty gram from a law firm and a brand name law firm. Not like this wasn't like the big K of law firms. Yeah. It was like the Coca-Cola of law firms. Are we allowed to say that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Cease I mean, you can, reference, you can reference that kind of stuff. I mean, this is a big boy. I'm a, I'm a Coca-Cola shareholder, too. Hopefully, is that, oh, a, really? is that, is that an issue? Is this insider trading? Uh, maybe. Um, I mean, unless you got any hot tips for us and our dozens of listeners that are sure to not rat you out. Drink more Coke. <laughs> it's got a smooth flavor <laughs> that you're going to love. And it won't rest on your hips. It, it will not. If you get Diet Coke, if you get regular Coke, that corn syrup's going right, uh, right to your booty. I was about to say it doesn't cause cancer, and then you mentioned Diet Coke. And just, uh, yeah. I don't know. We I don't, don't know. know. Hey, man. Aspartame? Is that, you're talking about a, hey, I love aspartame. It's a vice that I like. <laughs> you shouldn't sprinkle it on your crack, but it's good. <laughs> <laughs> that but, daily supplement. <laughs> but seriously, though, is there really any scientific evidence linking aspartame to cancer? Kind of like cigarettes. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> None. You shouldn't smoke cigarettes while you're <laughs> drinking Diet Coke. Can we leave it at that and move right, on to the next fine. thing? But, I mean, you know, two terrible things at once can't be good. What's the safety word for this? We didn't cover that. Purple monkey dishwasher. Purple monkey dishwasher. <laughs> yeah. And why am I wearing a bathrobe? <laughs> That's just making it, it more It matches the man. cigars. Yeah. <laughs> we just want to get, get you that baby out here. of here? Thank you. <laughs> but uh, it's interesting. You know, Bob, you've got a lot of interesting scenarios that you lived through. When you guys were growing Louisville Geek, and, you know, I kind of relate a, a lot of these eccentricities. I, I think about it, and I think about, you know, kind of how I, I met you. And I've known Bob for, I don't know, maybe 18 years now. A long time. Before we were productive members of society, you know, I kind of think of Bob's eclectic personality. It, it imparted some gems on me here. Um, you know, he had, a, he had a, a knack for the finer things. You know, he was helping a lot of us out. 
um, a lot of us guys that were younger giving us good tidbits of advice, you know, kind of like how you were advertising for Louisville Geek in the beginning. It's like when you have the opportunity to save money, save it. Um, you know, life's, it's a bit too short to eat garbage and drink cheap booze. Absolutely. And when you've got the opportunity to be an entrepreneur, you need to seize it. Because when you're 26, that's the time. The dice are in your hands. You're at the table. Your barriers of entry are the lowest. That's when you've got to do it. When you start to be uh, tethered is the wrong word, but when you build up adult responsibilities, your palate for entry into a space of high risk will be lessened. Sure. So the ideas you've got now, you need to run with. You, nobody's going to give you time back. And I don't want to get all philosophical here, but now's the time. Today, whoever, whenever you're listening to this, dozens of you out there, today's the day. Whatever's holding you back, get rid of it. I mean, honestly, you got to jettison mm-hmm. those saddle ba- off your black saddle, throw the bags off there, put it on the horse, and get out there. Go get your double gold. Hey, get your double gold. Get your double gold, just like black saddle. <laughs> so, so smooth. For the record, listeners, black saddle bourbon is not a sponsor of the eltoro.com podcast. But they could be. So, we're trying, Bob. We're trying to <laughs> no, get some bad dollars in it, here. It's good. We're working on this. I mean, this is a very high dollar operation. Obviously, <laughs> you see that we're talking on the microphones. That Thriller was recorded on these microphones. In particular, which is crazy because there's a little bit. Don't put a black light on these microphones is what David's telling you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, wait a second. No comment. Okay. This is one of those aspects of the finer things in life that you talked to me about when I was younger. Nobody calls me David. And we were sitting, we were actually, the reason I'm called Stadler is because of Bob. And when we were sitting in my apartment when I was in college, uh, we had a couple of folks come in and, you know, hey, you know, I'm, 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 I'm Dave. Uh, you know, I'm introducing myself to uh, a couple of dudes. And all of a sudden, you know, some extra people come in. And I'm like, oh, hello, my name is Stadler. It's better. And Bob looked at me that day, and he's like, man, you got to settle on something. You know, you have a personal brand. You need to figure out what you want that to be, and you need to stick with it. You're either Dave or you're Stadler. One of those is generic, and one of those is unique. Pick one. And I was like, man, that's some heavy shit, dog. (laughs) (laughs) So that was my first lesson in branding from Bob Bailey. Very good. Carried on to this day. And that was the place with the weird recliner. Yeah. That was the living room. That was a very tope. Yeah, and actually, um, one of our previous guests on this podcast, uh, which many of our dozens of listeners may know, um, spilled quite a bit of liquid on that uh over time. I mean, that was just not a chair that I like to sit up. Is that Andy Hunefeld? Man, I was trying to keep the name out of it. Ooh. It was Andy Hunefeld. I wish a podcast could convey how handsome a man is because I, <laughs> I, that's probably an area where it would have benefited if there was like a visual aid or someone to describe his <laughs> his, his Icelandic looks. Is it Icelandic? I'm is not it, really I mean, sure. He's a strapping young lad, I must say. It makes me uncomfortable, honestly. <laughs> I mean, he was in this room and I felt his presence. And his so. musk. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, Andy we, we might edit that out. You're uh, pretty cool, dude. dude. It's doubtful. You're all right, dude. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> that might be good radio, He's like man. the sixth Baldwin. Did anybody mention how much he looks like a Baldwin? No, we never mentioned that on the uh, first <laughs> podcast. But, uh, you know, maybe, we'll maybe have we him back. go back and we'll edit definitely that. Have him. He yeah. brings good bourbon, so we'll probably have him back. So, I mean, do you have any other, you have any other interesting tidbits about, you know, kind of bootstrapping and... 
and starting up the business in the early days. Because, you know, that's that's what I like to talk about. That's that's when, personally, I had, and not to say that I'm not having a ton of fun right now. I really am. Um, but you get caught up in a lot of minutia when you got a lot of employees and a lot of stuff that you never thought you'd be thinking about. But, I mean, the really entertaining stories start at the early parts of that career and the early parts of that growth. You know, when you were trying to get the word out there, letting people know who is Louisville Geek. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll dig I got a few things here. So, and I, of all the calls I get, when I get a phone call of someone starting a new business, probably the most exciting calls I get because that's when somebody's finally made a decision, focus on entrepreneurship, make a difference, get their whole deal out there. One example, and I, I would encourage other people to try to find these kind of trade opportunities, is our first office. Our landlord let us basically use that space for free as long as we did his IT work, which was enormously helpful for us. So that sort of thing, when, you, when you're going to start it, you need to stay out of debt. And then some of this is some Dave Ramsey stuff. You need to avoid getting in over your head. And there's a quote from, if you search it on Google, you're going to hear that it might be from Fight Club, but I haven't found the exact source. But people work at jobs they hate to buy things they don't need with money they don't have to impress people they don't like. And you've got to really resist that urge when you've got nothing. You've got to really focus on what is meaningful, what is going to give me the most maximal benefit to my happiness, my friend's happiness, my family at that moment. It's a very, very, very important because there are banks that are going to say, here you go. You know, you got no job, no equity, no income. Absolutely. We'd love to give you a mortgage in a financial crisis of 2008. <laughs> we would love for all these collateralized debt obligations to vaporize and almost wreck the whole world. They're going to give you that gun. And you know what? In one of those six chambers, there's a bullet. They're going to yeah. offer you to put it to your head. They're going to say, go for it. I say you should not do that. You should run lean. You should run mm -hmm. mean. You should focus on what matters. I like that a lot, and I like. I also like your advice when it comes to taking risk, because especially when you're in your 20s, you have everything to lose, but you also have nothing to lose. In the context of you know how your life changes over time, and, and what you said about tethering yourself to further responsibility. I mean, life life changes, and yeah. if you you're already poor in your 20s, if you lose everything. You lost nothing. Still poor. I mean, who cares? Yeah, you're I still mean, good looking. You don't need gold bond medicated powder for any chafing issues you'll acquire in later life. You're fine. But it's something. Salt should... and pepper's not coming in. So yeah, get but out there and get gold it. Gold bond pepper. medicated powder <laughs> is something you should probably invest in at a very young age. I agree. Doesn't cause cancer. Gold bond. <laughs> So let's get this. This train's a little bit off the rails. Let's get back okay. on track. You've given some golden tips here: entrepreneurship, bootstrapping, get creative, don't get debt. I would agree with that. Or limited. You really got to think about what's your ROI and what's your weighted average cost of capital. Ooh. The WACC. I studied finance in school, so that's the whack. Whack. I'm, so, I believe it's called finance. I studied <laughs> finance. Yes, <laughs> but uh, yeah, your weighted average cost of capital is the opportunity cost of your equity and any cost that you're going to incur in terms of interest on debt. You want to figure out what that is so that you can calculate not only your opportunity cost but what it's really going to cost you to deploy this. You got to make hard decisions, and I would lobby that you pick the best possible decisions based on your your most likely outcome. So that, that's actually managing the money once it comes in, but you got to get people in your door to start building that revenue. Absolutely. And then, and then you then you do all that finance, all the all the cooking the books or you know whatever's Whoa. going on behind mark to market. Doors. Yeah, don't do that. But when you're developing this brand, this image, Louisville Geek, you need to know target market, your customer archetypes. And I don't know about you, but it seems like us as business people sometimes self-project and 
our customers are going to be people like us. But when you were actually coming out and coming to market, were there any surprises? Did it happen to be your older gentlemen, your older ladies, the demographics that came to your door and actually needed your help the most? Was it a surprise? Well, we made a calculated decision early on to focus on the residential market when we got started because that had the lowest barriers to entry. And I'll tell you, years ago, there's a place on Outer Loop called Smart Shoppers. I was getting a, a stereo upgrade for my 1991 Acura Integra four-door. Great. As I'm talking about. And I was getting a head unit because at that in those days in the 90s you listen to CDs you what? listen to music I get what, it what? it was the ten, the 10 centimeter disc it was uh yes it was a medium of, of transport of music but you connected that to your car through it was in deck, the car right? no I had I had a it's hooked to YouTube right no there this was oh. before the this was when the internet when you watched I'm gonna scrub this <laughs> when things would loan line by line and you're like wait what's at the bottom is that a why Oh, this JPEG is two megabytes. This is going to take <laughs> It's going to take forever. I don't have 45 minutes. <laughs> That's why it's good that you have your Apple Watch so that you can record the whole amount of, quote, I'm throwing air quotes up, the steps you take. <laughs> Stadler. We know where your steps come from. We should intro this this uh, this episode with the, the dial-up sound. I believe. <laughs> I, absolutely. <laughs> he told me, this man, fast nickels are better than slow dimes. Now, and to chew on that for a minute, that's a great life lesson a lot of people don't get. They're always swinging for the fence, and they get a lot of strikeouts. I'm telling you, focus on base hits. Get, your, get, get somebody on first. Get somebody on second. Let's get them in the old-fashioned way. Let's get it past the shortstop. Because you know what? When you swing for the fence, and I'm not telling you not to. You hear that cliche, well, aim for the stars. The worst that will happen is you'll hit the moon or whatever. Those people are lying to you. <laughs> they're, they, they sort of are and they sort of aren't. But I'm telling you, if you've got a 90% chance of a base hit and a 20% chance of a homer, let's get base hits and let's get the score ran up that way. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't think that way. They're programmed because we live in a world of go to the gym, use a spray tan, buy Dookie brand shorts. <laughs> Be These Banana Republic khaki pants are going to make the difference for you. And it's really not. Base hits. I dig it. No, that makes a lot of sense. I get a lot of singles out Not there. to lessen your point, but currently in the MLB, the strikeout rate is the highest it's ever been, and runs are at its highest. What is that? I'm not a sports guy. Yeah. Can you oh, translate that to nerves for me? They're striking out a lot, but they're, they're scoring a whole bunch. Are they getting hit by the balls or something? No, no. They're just whacking the balls. They're going outside the park. Huh. Is that because of steroids? And I think gro- so. And human it has growth to hormones? Be. What kind of milk know, are they man. drinking? Cork in the bats? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Or the pine tar. What was the guy, that, the yeah, Boston Red Sox guy? On his neck they all do it. Like they that. all do it. They I mean, all come cheat. Come on. Really? I think so. I think, I think the statement in baseball is if you're not cheating, you're not trying. <laughs> <laughs> That's also the statement in politics now, I think. Well, I mean, you know, maybe they should go hand in hand. Maybe some baseball players should get married to some politicians and just live in their corrupt world together. But don't throw the leftovers on the sidewalk. Um, but Ooh. MLB, if Too you'd soon? like to sponsor our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. oh, well, since we're talking about spin, you know, how, how we can spin things and, and get it looking how, how we want it to look, let's talk more about marketing and Louisville Geek. <laughs> Not to relate you guys to mudslinging or anything, but... So we, we mentioned a little bit how you got the, your brand and your image out there. 
So nowadays, now that you're, you're more of a developed company, how are you integrating these marketing pieces? You know, what's, what's your, your best way to get in front of these consumers, these customers? And does, does the marketing relate to each other? Are you putting out that same image, that same, that same message? Yeah, how does it evolve? Well, and I'll tell you, I'm going to make a confession here. Let's start with a confession. There's a tendency when you're running a business to work in the business more than on the business, and I'm really guilty of that. I find myself solving a lot of technical challenges and working to deploy things more so than sitting back and architecting things. We're working on currently invigorating this, getting the message out better, using our vendors and our, our industry partners to get the message out in a more cohesive way. For other businesses, this might not be as much of a factor because they don't have the issue of more work than you can do, more work than there are talented people to do it. So this is a thing we're currently trying to kind of craft. I mean, that's respectable. You like to, you know, here's a problem. I want to solve it. I want to dig in. I want to find everything out about it and then and then fix it. Because mm-hmm. at the heart of it, when people have problems, they're going to seek you out. Is that what a- you're saying? Absolutely. And the thing you've got to do, <clears throat> just from a, a cost of labor standpoint, if you're the manager of a business and your hourly rate's X, it's best for you to delegate things to a, an employee that whose rate is half of X. Mm-hmm. And it's better for that employee to delegate it again to somebody who's a quarter of X. Now, what does that do? It pushes the talent down to the bottom so that your newest people get the most challenge, the most experience, they grow the most. It keeps your mid-tier employees working on your customers, doing sure. things that are strategic, and it keeps you in a place where you're working on the business. You're not getting mired down in the minutia. Because there are going to be calls where they're going to be like, you know what, I only want, I only want Stadler to work on this problem. And he's going to be tempted because he's a business owner. He's going to want to say, you know what, dude, I'm going to do it. You're a big client. I'm going to stop what I'm doing this morning, this enormously important strategic thing to focus on this tactical matter that's going to ruin my whole morning. And you've got to build a big wall around yourself because your, your cost of labor is a lot higher. I've been there. It that, happens every day. That's the best way I've ever heard it put, honestly. Oh, thank you. But that's a big deal because you can't focus on the marketing plan when you've when you got the hoe in hand and you're out there literally in the row trying oh, to get yeah. the seeds in the dirt. It's hard. Let's just talk about like traditional interacting with clients and things like that. I mean, you're you're a pretty good problem solver, from my experience. And you know that in a buck fifty will get you a cup of coffee. But have you ever had a project for a large client where you know that solution ended up? You know, initially they kind of presented as being insurmountable, but the solution actually ended up being laughably simple. Have you tried turning it on and off? Well, that happens all the time. I mean, <laughs> we definitely live in a world where you can't discredit the easy solutions. And I think we have a tendency as a society and perhaps even as the whole human race to assume that the basic thing won't work. That's a thing that happens. You've got to not discredit. You've got to take out your playbook, take out your run book, whatever your organization sure. calls it, and you've got to go through it. I mean, you've got to say, we've drilled this. We're going to do it. You know, we're not going to assume that it's just the breaker. We're not going to go right to the this. And that happens a lot. And honestly, in the heat of the moment, when there's an issue, you're going to be tempted to not want to follow the failback plan or the failover plan. You're going to want to say, oh, yeah, it's, it's just the, it won't work. But a lot of times it does. So you're saying unplug it and plug it back in. I'm saying that, but I'm saying you got to have the discipline to know the plan and act the plan. You hear that cliche, well, if you fail to sure. plan, you plan to fail. Girl. Yeah, I mean, you know... It, <laughs> Uh, he's proper preparation prevents poor performance. That's right. Wow, that was really off the off the cuff there. I, I gotta mean, slow that one down. 
Slow it down. <laughs> it's all good. So uh, give me a give me a scenario where a customer's problem actually kind of kept you up at night. Golly, that that that's a lot. And uh, well, first off, Bob Bailey doesn't sleep. And, no. and, and Bob Bailey doesn't bring that baggage to bed because <laughs> I, he's got two things he's good at: business <laughs> and X. Which I, is also business. You know, that that's actually not true. And one thing I would suggest to entrepreneurs out there is you've got to go to bed. You gotta go to bed at ten. You yeah. gotta get up at five thirty. You need you cannot upset your circadian rhythm. That's a good vocab word. Mm-hmm. You gotta mm. you gotta get that because that sounds it, good. It's like cicadas, in case you need to know. Exactly. I mean, I'll tell you, everybody out there, think about when you have your best ideas. And, and tell me, I don't know how your feedback loop is here. You, you write this on a letter and burn it in your backyard and we'll get it. You get your best ideas in the shower because you got the warm water coming over you. you got, you're in a relaxed state, so your creative brain can think creatively. When you're stressed and it's 3 o'clock, you're not thinking creatively. You're going to have shitty ideas. you got to be relaxed. To get relaxed, you got to be calm. To get calm, you got to have a good physiological balance you got to go to sleep you got to exercise you got to go to the gym you got to drink water i don't mean to and this sounds very horribly preachy i'm sure but you got to be calm what were we talking about before we got into this i got all (laughs) i got all calm and i lost i'm 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 talking about a problem that a customer has that keeps you up at night and they don't they don't keep me up at night because i got to go to bed i got to be calm (laughs) i like that i got to be calm but i'll tell you one that keeps me up is the security end of this business yeah there are entire probably nation states that are doing nothing right now than thinking of ways to steal money from legitimate businesses. Sure. So you got to keep those backups good, multi-factor authentication. The list and goes on and on and on of best practices. So that's one of those things. So, I mean, let's, let's go on a tangent here because, I mean, I'm, I'm a feverish person who backs up their laptop and backs up a lot of their devices in the home. Um, is there one that you particularly have uh, a, a, an affinity toward? I think as long as you've got a good backup <clears throat> strategy and it's been tested, that that is great. <clears throat> okay. You didn't have one that was going to sponsor this bit? Gold Bond medicated powder is a, <laughs> is a good backup. It's a good backup solution. It's a good backup. Oh, we don't want to go with, like, Lacey or, or Seagate. Anything else? No. None of, those have, none of those have non-carcinogenic <laughs> talc. <laughs> All right, so Bob, let's let's talk about some of these accolades here. You know, we we were reading through um, a, a couple of things about Louisville Geek, and I, I, I obviously I know you personally. Um, you know, Bob, he, he's you know he's a very well renowned businessman, quite, um, quite famous. He is, he was uh, once one of the 40 under 40 in the local Only a little bit before Stadler was, though. Whoa. Only a little bit. That's correct. Did you also have the same question I did? What was the question? Who won? Oh, I don't think anybody wins. This I, is a, you get a participation trophy. Yeah, and that, that's cool. You know, I'm, I'm down with that. <laughs> but but I, I, I literally thought somebody was going to win. And I mean, maybe that's my naivety. I am the most under 40 than these under 40 people, and I win. I was for sure somebody was going to win. But you were also rated, or, or Louisville Geek was rated as one of the best places to work in Louisville. That's correct. And, and that's one of those things where there's some employee surveys that go out, and they, they do some metrics that kind of feed that. And then you demand them to give you good ratings. You don't. You don't. You don't do that. But we <laughs> feed them on Fridays. We do. We. I, here's the thing. A cliche I read recently, and I wasn't able to find the source. But you should treat your business. You should treat your employees like your business depends on them. That was me. 
Was it really? Oh, good job, Stadler. No. Okay. Oh. Because in reality, your business depends <laughs> on your employees. So when you hear that cliche, and I love cliches. Who doesn't? Who, do, who doesn't? That, is that I a cliche? It. I don't know. Maybe ad people. Ad people probably hate it. Well, I mean, I, I want to know how you became one of the most... I mean, you're talking about making it, making it, making it nice for your employees to be your business, but I mean, there's got to be more to buying it, buying them lunch on Fridays, dude. I've been in your yeah. freaking office, dude. It is fucking awesome. Yeah, and and that means a lot. Come, your office is cooler. Now, when you come down to El Toro office, you're whiskeyed. You're given a soccer ball pool table. Listen, if I can get you drunk before you know what you're looking at. That's right. Then, <laughs> I mean, you're going to go out of this, and it might not have been the best place that you ever been to, but you think it was. No, and that, that's absolutely right. Perception it, is reality. It was. and <laughs> Can we sing that Celine Dion song from Titanic right now? Oh, of course we can. I, I, I can't. But I don't even know how the Oz, how can you? Can yeah, you, can we'll, you, we'll, we'll we're gonna up. We're going to get we'll that in up. at the end here. That, that's critical. But no, you... <laughs> wow, that was, that was good. Thank you, James Cameron, for this moment. And I, and I love that movie. I, I don't want to say that I don't. I'm, I'm a... <laughs> well, I just got judged here. I wish you, you listeners could see the judgmental look that I just got from everyone in this studio, our live studio audience. <laughs> well, Avatar's better, first off. Are you kidding me? <laughs> You've got to be joking okay. me. Is there going to be a second Titanic? No. There's yeah, there's going to be, be a new boat. Uh, a new billionaire is building a Titanic too, but it's going to have diesel engines. And no one oh. cares. And a higher displacement. Listen, oh. it's back on track. Diesel. If I'm written a boat for the environment, and I got a ton of money, I'm written the Maltese Falcon. Is that a boat? Yeah, I think that's the Millennium right Falcon. Yeah, the Maltese Falcon is like one of the most. And I don't know where, I think it was a movie at some point in time. It was. The Maltese Falcon is one of the most beautiful sailing yachts in the world. Um, look it up, man. If I will. If you see the Maltese Falcon, you'll be like, man, if I had a ton of money, that's the boat I'm renting. No. I read on, I read on the, I believe on the website, that you actually let them vote for it. I mean, how important is that? I mean, does it really matter to an employee that you buy their lunch, let them vote on it, and then sit there and eat, eat it with them? You know, I think it is, but I think at the end of the day, that's very trivial. What, what people want, and I'm going to base this on what I want, is they want to do a good job. They want to come to a place where they're valued. They want to come to a place where everybody knows your name, and they're always glad you came. So they want... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew it was coming. Hey, it was bad. Uh, no, and, and I, I do my best to work shoulder to shoulder. If we've got to dig a hole in my office, I'm going to be the first guy that's got the hands on the shovel. I'm sure. going to get in the trench. I'm going to do the shitty work. I will not ask someone in my team to do something that I have not done or I'm not willing to do myself. Word. And I hope that resonates. Mm -hmm. And, I, and I, we, I know we've done a lot of cutting up and joking around here, but I'm, that's like God's honest truth. Yeah. I, get, I, get, I get after it. I, I get to my office early. I am there by 6.30. Dude, I've seen, I've seen Bob cruising down the street in our neighborhood. Because Bob lives right around the corner from me. I do. And I see his ass driving to work at 6.15. Every single morning, it is like clockwork. No shit. And neighbors talk about it. Uh, you know, I've had I've had a handful of neighbors talk to me about it. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know Bob, and you know, I hear you've been friends with him for a while. And it's like, well, that that guy, he's he's cruising to the office every single morning at six. I mean, it, it's probably not six fifteen. It's probably six twenty because you're in the office at six thirty. Right. I mean, I know that this is a fact. And like, I'm sitting out on my front porch sometime. And I'll watch you drive by. 
I always look at your house. I'm like, what's David doing? He's wearing that robe. He's wearing that robe. Not leaving yet. (laughs) It's more of a raincoat, a trench coat, if you will. I'm like, wow. And his legs are oddly well exposed. (laughs) Shaven. Wow. There's so many bad jokes that come from this. Let's just move on. Oh, man. Next. And I'll give you a pro tip for budding entrepreneurs out there. Be the first one to the office. Be the last one there. That's easy, but if you're willing to do that, you're going to make a lot of money. Yeah. That one thing. I tell you, if, if anything else, that one thing will do it. Well, I mean, you're leading by example at that point. You're leading you're by example. That, hey, you know, I'm willing to do this. Um, I expect, and it, it sets that standard for employees that they come through. That's right. I would think. Absolutely, it sets the standard. So, Stadler let me in on this little tidbit. You are a music aficionado. So what are you bumping on the way to the office at 6.15? And then when you get there, are you cranking it up so your employees can really, you know, get down? Wow, I'm going to give you a really embarrassing answer right now. I The best money I've ever spent in my life is on my Audible.com subscription. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm, I have become... 100%, man. Dude, yeah. well, Audible... Is, and I have a Louisville Free Public Library subscription as well, our membership, so I can get books from there. But, dude, audiobooks are where it's at because the news is all bad news. Indeed. I can get it much quicker on a variety of news sources than I can on NPR. And I love NPR. WFPK is awesome. Oh, yeah. WFPL is awesome. Bless your heart. I love, I love what you're doing. But I want to listen to something different on my way to the office, and I listen to audiobooks every day. Okay. What's, uh, so, so for the budding entrepreneurs, what's, what's on your playlist right now, top – Two books. I am listening to The Expanse by James S.A. Corey, uh, Leviathan Wakes. They made a show of it on Amazon Prime, but it's about humanity's expansion through the solar system. I'm a big mm-hmm. science fiction nerd. I mean, I'm not listening to, like, growth books. I'm listening to aliens, lasers. I mean, that's how you get new ideas, though. Absolutely. And oh, it yeah. goes back to that relaxation concept, being in the shower. Jurassic Park's a great book. I, there's a lot of – and I, I listened to The Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath two weeks ago. It was awesome. Very – uncharacteristic book and god rest the soul of sylvia plath right after she mm-hmm. wrote that book she suffocated herself in an oven jesus horrible true I was about to say story if, i was about to say if you're not having fun you're not living but that's well that's the kind of book that makes makes you take it not for granted man your, your happiness is something you should work on that's like something like your fitness is how fast you can run a mile you can't take for granted that you're happy and content that's something you got to invest in man. four minutes mm-hmm. 15 seconds right here dave stadler four minutes 15 seconds what does that mean? Is that on your Apple Watch, or that's, what's going that's on? That's a that's what's called a lie. Oh, your I mile? I not run a mile in four minutes. 15 oh, there's no way, dude. I oh, would, yeah. God, I'd take the Pepsi challenge on you for that. <laughs> oh, I'd love to run you down. Well, that's that's about all we all the time we have for this episode. But Bob, thank you for coming in. You've been a blast. Uh, listeners, remember: be the first to the office, be the last to leave. And if you need to bury a body, Bob will be the first on the shovel. <laughs> Just, go ahead, Bob. I don't engage in felonious contact in any Kentucky or any of the states of the Union. Um, what about Jamaica? We'll Misdemeanors, maybe. Fel- felonies, no. <laughs> I mean, it's a commonwealth. So I mean, come on. As is Virginia. Six Semper Tyrannus. Okay. okay. Thanks, for, thanks for joining the podcast today. Um, we really appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Thank you, guys. You've been listening to the El Toro Podcast, brought to you by ElToro.com, the only one-to-one, 100% cookie-free IP targeting solution. You know, it, it, it's, it's Pappy Pepper with Peppy. That's the boat I'm renting.